there's a bunch of things that come to their head. Like, oh, I'm going to give them free glasses. I'm going to give them free this and that. That's great in theory. But if you think about this, if this was really happening and you're building your practice on giving away free stuff, how is that a business model? All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, a very fun episode for you tonight. This is a thought experiment that you can apply to yourself, apply to your staff. Tons of growth is going to happen. You can apply the changes tomorrow. Watch this episode, apply the changes tomorrow. We have a little bit of office talk. I was irate with my staff. You need to figure out why. Closing out the episode, this is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. friends welcome to the ultimate od podcast thank you for all the shout outs uh that you guys have given us the likes on facebook instagram please continue to send me emails dr lily at the ultimate i love hearing from you there is a massive amount of you out there that want to get better i want to help you get better i want to get better myself iron sharpens iron we keep making each other grow so reach out and we can collaborate and make ourselves better also, I'm trying to be much more active on Twitter. Yes, Twitter, the angry bird that is now X. I don't know what you call it, but that's the platform I like to be on. I can just easily put my thoughts out there, um, all still in the same context of private practice optometry, what's going through my head, how I'm trying to get better. It's a look inside my head. It might be good, might be bad, but if you're on that platform, give us a follow. We love it. I love it and we'll continue to go from there. Also, just a friendly reminder, Vision Expo West, end of September, I will be there. Uh, ton of classes, whenever I go to that conference, my goal is to stimulate growth, to go to classes that I think have a potential to help me better, be better at business or help me add a niche or a specialty or do something different. When I go to Academy or AOA, I'm there to get education and learn to be a better doctor. When I go here to Vision X West, I want to be a better business owner. I want to collaborate with you. Give me a shout out when I was at AOA. I actually saw a couple of people that said hi. Uh, it was awesome. I love hearing from you and seeing you in person. We get some selfies and uh, <laughs> spread spread the word, right? My goals for there. One, a couple pieces of equipment I want to look at because as I look to expand the office, I want to be better. Also want to add a frame line. I absolutely hate my rep for salt great frames awful rep the worst possible rep i've ever had if you like salt let me know i want to know what i'm doing wrong but hate the rep that being said we're looking to add some uh, new frame lines i have a couple of uh, irons in the fire will you say i'll let you know what i figure out and what i figure out as we go down that road enough about that let's get better tonight so today is going to be a fun thought experiment so let's say in this world that we live in, you tomorrow have one patient coming in, just one. And this patient, after you see this patient, you will not be able to market, you will not be able to advertise, there's no social media. You yourself outside of your office will not be able to talk to another person ever again about what you do, all right? How are you going to make this person a believer in what you do and be the biggest you know, advocate for your office? The way I like to think about it is your 
your vision, your product is like a cold, all right? People need to catch it, and there's people that get the cold, go inside, and there's people that are getting it, and they're sneezers. They sneeze and spread the word. You have one sneezer here. What are you going to do to make that the best possible experience that he's going to tell the most people about what you do and how you can grow? Okay? Fun to think about, right? So five things I think that matter. Number one, what are you doing before they come in? So that's the phone call, website, all that. That's so big in my mind. I'm going to do a whole other episode just on what you do before the patient actually gets to your office and how that impacts your growth. Okay. But what we're going to focus on tonight is when they arrive, the workup and the exam, optical and contact lens checkout, just how you kind of handle that. And then last, just checkout in general. Okay. So two through five are the core of what we do. Everyone in your office does this. You are involved with it. You've set the tone. All right. So what we can do is we'll talk about this tonight. I'm going to walk you through, give you some ideas, things I thought of. Then what you need to do, your next office meeting, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to present this same question to my staff. And we're going to walk through and I'm going to make it personal. What can you do as a staff member to make this experience that much better, right? I want them to look and see, and we're gonna go through and see this, and there's gonna be a ton of ideas. Like, when you're like, oh, this is the one thing, there's a bunch of things that come to their head. Like, oh, I'm gonna give them free glasses, I'm gonna give them free this and that. That's great in theory, but if you think about this, if this was really happening, and you're building your practice on giving away free stuff, how is that a business model? It's not, right? They're gonna. Tell other people, other people are going to come, and if they don't get free, you've let them down. So that is excluded, all right? There's a couple of things that we'll put in there that seem out of this, you know, whatever. This is a blue sky, blue whatever, white canvas. I don't care what you call it. Think outside the box. Write them down and then find all of them that you can do, all right? So number one, when the patient walks in, I'm gonna make sure my staff is waiting. They know exactly when he's coming in and they're gonna know his name. They're gonna stand and greet him when he enters. They're gonna, welcome, we're so excited to meet you. We've been waiting for you to arrive. Okay, makes them feel pretty good. Uh, How's your day been? You know, can we get you a beverage? Can we get you, can we take your coat? Is there anything we can help you with before we even get started, you know? Like literally when you walk into a really fine, nice hotel, this is what they do, right? Hey, would you like a water? Uh, how's your travels? You know, welcome to the place. Like I think about that, I'm like, why am I not doing that in every single encounter? I think about it. I tell myself, we stand, we greet. I'm like, you know who's coming in, greet him by name. Hi, how are you doing, Sam? <laughs> right, I don't know. But I talk about it, but then I think about this experience and it's different. Like in the day-to-day -day grind of what you're doing, you get lost and caught up. But these go a long way. What They come in with kiddos. Hey, we have the spot for your kids. There's supervision. You send them over there. They'll be watching. Watch. They'll be taken care of. You can focus on your exam. What's the hardest thing ever for a parent bringing in their kids? Johnny over here is spinning on your stool. He's playing with everything. The mom or the dad is like trying to look at the screen 
and tell you one or two is more clear, and Johnny's just running around the room in circles, and they're half distracted. Half the time, they're, it's just not the great experience, right? So give that, right? That's something that would be welcomed if you were bringing someone in. I think I, my, I know my wife and me, if we brought a bunch of our kids in there, that would be welcomed, right? And then, like I said, one of the staff members will recap. So we have you in here today. We've pulled your VSP insurance. We know that you are here to look at glasses. Uh, were you thinking about X, Y, or Z? Kind of give them a little list of things that you do. You know, you know, we do treat dry eye or not. Just kind of give a lay of the land, set the tone for what you're doing. All right. So that's when they come in. When you do the workup, when they do the workup, the tech is going to bring them in. Greet my name, Sam. Hi, welcome to the office. Come on, follow me this way. Here, have a seat there. Uh, so tell me, what brings you in today? You know, figuring out what their needs are. Is there anything that we can answer for you that, or any questions that you have that you want answered, right? Step one, set the tone. Make sure what they're here for is going to get accomplished. You know, you do the workup, you do all the things. I'll tell you this right now, if this is my one patient, my workup's getting a little more intense. We're gonna do, you know, the vision, we'll do pressure. They're gonna get an OCT, we're gonna get photos. As they go by every piece of equipment, they're gonna get my biography. Oh, this, this is our axial length machine. You know, we have kids that get a lot of uh, myopia. We have ways to control it. That measures the length of the eye. They're gonna get the like tour as we go through everything. Just little things we're gonna mention that this is what we do. This test that we're doing is a scan of the back of your eye. It's gonna help us identify any macular degeneration, help us identify glaucoma. We like to take a picture because although the doctor's gonna look and examine your eyes, a picture's worth a thousand words. It's a still photo that we can compare year after year after year to make sure there's no changes. The doctor can write it down, he can take notes, but the picture is gonna tell us the whole story, right? We're gonna get very elaborate in that workup. We're gonna make sure that they get the five star, they get everything there, and then we're gonna tell them about why we're doing it. Now that, probably comp a lot of that, that's our, our ocular health and wellness that we do at our office. If we find something, we'll reschedule it back and we'll do a little bit more thorough investigation of what's going on, okay? So you figure out why they're here. You gave them the tour of the office, if you will, the, the tour, right? They're going through, they're getting the exam, but they're getting an explanation. That tech knows what you do and how to explain it to patients, right? Just think about that staff education. How can you get your staff to be better? You have to be able to explain these things in a way they can understand one thing about each machine. That helps, right? We're not telling them to be, you know, a savant or the uh, the eye doctor that knows everything. But you know how many great waiters and waitresses at restaurants have that menu memorized? They know every little thing on there. Why is that any different with what we do? I always like to think of the food service industry, restaurants, because you know what? They pride themselves in amazing customer service at that five-star experience, the ones that you tell your friends about. When they come in for the exam, I'm gonna get my hand off, I'm gonna get the report from my tech, the first thing I do when I go in there, I'm gonna address their main questions. I'm not gonna get into my stuff, I'm gonna take care of them first. Let me do this, this, and this. Hey, I know you have a question about why your eyes are watering. When I do the exam and I look at the health of your eyes, that's the first thing I'm gonna look at and I will give you answers. I just don't wanna shine bright lights in your eye right now until we've checked your eyes for your contact lens prescription for your glasses prescription. Okay, they can understand that. But they know I'm attuned to what's going on, what their main needs are. 
As I go through the exam, I'm going to let them know what I'm finding, how there's a difference. But I'm going to explain after I do everything, you know, I look at your optic nerve, I'm checking for glaucoma, checking for macular degeneration, looking at your lids and lashes. These are things that I check in every one of my exams. Everyone in this lamp is doing the same thing. But you know what? If I'm telling you about it, I now have given them a better exam because no one else has ever said it before. Simple. Do you do that now? You do this in this experience, right? You want them to tell everyone they know that doctor was the most thorough eye doctor I've ever seen in my life. He was looking at things I didn't even know existed. And then he showed me the technology. He explained my photos. He explained my scans. That's the doctor I want to see going forward. I'm going to tell everyone. I want my mom to go here. She has these things going on. She needs to see this, right? That's how you build that following. That's how you build that you know, cachet with the with that one patient, right? Also throughout there, I'm going to give my recommendations, my prescriptions. These are what I want you to get for glasses. I know you work on multiple screens. The progressive is amazing. You need a dedicated pair of computer glasses. You have macular degeneration or your family history of macular degeneration. We want you to get uh, the non-glitter coating at Blocks TV, but you still need a pair of sunglasses, right? I'm going to give them all these things. Let them know they can get a specific pair of glasses for every situation. When I'm giving them their contact lenses, if they're in for a contact lens exam, letting me know these are the technologies we use. This is why I use them. This is the best lens on the market. For your situation, for your circumstances, this is why I recommend this lens. Again, customizing it to their experience and giving them exactly what they want. Right? Again, think about this. These are things that you could be doing on a day-to-day -day basis but you're probably not because you're busy. You have to get to the next patient, right? Oh, you've seen Mrs. Jones for years. You don't need to put on that extra, go the extra mile, right? You have one patient. They have to spread the word for you. You're going to do this. Mrs. Jones, who's coming to you for the past decade, still wants to tell people about you. Tell them about the latest technologies. Don't sell yourself short. I was telling my office today, one of my superpowers, one of the things that I think I do better than most of the people on this world is I can handle the routine, the mundane. I give eye exams after eye exams after eye exams. My kids can be in the hospital. Uh, I can get no sleep. I can be sick and I can come in and I can give that same routine exam, have energy, love what I'm doing and do it on a consistent basis. Like I thought that was just how it is. Like you show up, you do it again. People go nuts doing the same thing over and over again. I love Groundhog's Day. Bring me in, set them up, I'll knock them down, right? Make sure that you are hitting, beating the drum that matters, right? Whatever you can get out there that's going to help spread the word, grow your office the way you want, you have to hit that every single time, okay? Now, when they get into the optical, there's a lot of things you can do in there, but again, the optician's going to have tons of energy. Show them as many frames as possible. Let them know the vast array. Tell them the story of the brand, why you have this line in there. If you are just randomly picking out frames and you don't have a story, it's not going to resonate with them. People remember stories. People remember, you know, not what you say, but how you made them feel. How are you making them feel in that experience? Your optician just needs to have a ton of energy a ton of education, but it's going to be fun. There's absolutely no rush whatsoever. Like getting them to the optical, I, I'm even with all the tests and extra stuff, the explanations, 30 minutes or less. Like getting your pizza, 30 minutes or less, they're gonna get in, get out, 
get out of their way. Optical, you take your time. Contact lenses, uh, we've talked about this in the past, but I'm gonna have free shipping on the contacts when they check out in general, um, give them an itemized bill. I'm gonna have some kind of swag for them, right? When we're leaving, I want them, here's a coffee mug, here's a t-shirt, you know, would you like a chocolate? I don't, I don't know, but I want to give them something so they end on a note that is memorable and something that they can tangibly take with them at the end of that visit. You know, one of the worst things about what we do in this business is they pay five, six, seven hundred dollars, thousands of dollars, and they leave and they have to wait five to seven days to get their stuff. What are you going to give them that moment, that day that they can leave with that is in their hands tangibly that they can tell someone else about? Hey, I got a AirPods. I got a mug or one of these Yeti cups. I don't know what it is, but what's going to be memorable? What's going to make a difference? Right? Now, now take a look and look at everything we looked at. And again, these are my my takes on things. There's a bunch of other things that we could do. I could have talked to you for hours about what the exam is going to look like. I could have talked to you for hours about what that entering experience, what your staff's going to do. This is what you need to do because you have your brand and your culture. Everything's going to be different, but how are you going to convey that? Why are you not doing these things now? This is the lowest hanging fruit I can give you to improve your office right away. Tomorrow you can do this and, and just keep on doing it, right? Low hanging fruit. There's no real monetary investment. Obviously the things, the swag, all that, but you giving them a better experience, that's you just carrying five to 10% more. Do that, right? Also, don't forget your staff's role in this. They need to be included. They need to have ownership. Let them know. Say, your the money you get for your paycheck, the food you put on your family's table, it's dependent on you making sure this person talks about everything they had, the experience they had in our office. What are you going to do? And have them answer it honestly and see what, what they come up with. You'll be surprised. I guarantee they're going to come up with things that they could do they just haven't told you about. That's how you have a team. That's how you have your culture. That's what I want you to know. In the comments below, send me an email. I don't care how you do it. What are the three best ideas that you came up with doing this exercise and are you implementing them tomorrow? Let me know. We'll have more for you next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. So I've been trying to build a culture. I've been trying to build my team to get them to be a cohesive unit that is just functional without me. That I don't have to be the you know, watchdog to make sure that our principles, our core values are being instilled. They need to start policing themselves. They need to start doing that naturally, right? So we've talked about, I read uh, Lincoln's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I think it's a good read. There's some good things to take away. The two things I took that I really liked from that is you have to build trust and you have to have no fear of conflict, all right? So I went through some exercises with the staff. We uh, just shared, like, I, there's a list of questions, like, um, your first job, your worst job, tell us about your family, do you have any siblings, what high school did you go to, what's your hometown, what's one of your uh, hardest or craziest childhood experiences. Do that, and it's amazing. You are going to, it was really enlightening. Our staff ate it up. Now, that's all great, fun, and good. You do it. And you feel great for a day, 
But what happens when the weekend hits and then you come back? Are you still there? So we're beating that drum. We're still emphasizing we need to trust each other. How do we develop trust, right? And then I emphasize the fear of conflict. You have to be able to tell each other the truth to get better. You don't grow without a little pain. You don't grow without honest, open feedback. You can't get honest, open feedback, criticism, without trust because then it turns into a vicious cycle, right? So you know I am a dry eye practice. Rejuvenation Dry Eye Center. It's a year away. I hate how it's a year away, but it's coming in terms of being put into fruition of the actual functional new office that has that, that clinic in it. We're using it right now, and we are a dry eye center operating. So it's here, but it could be better, and I'll share that with you. When we build this new office, I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to share the journey with you because, honestly, I've done it a couple, two times before. There's nothing like it. It's exciting. It's a roller coaster, and it sucks all at the same time. I want to, Misery Loves Company, help me along this way and give me give me some boostums. Uh, but that being said, you know I'm a dry eye office. When we, I do a handoff, I'm like, hey, I talked to him about lid hygiene and warm compresses. Make sure you talk to him this. We we emphasize this, like to talk with the mongolian glands, to show them pictures, to talk about this first. What the tea tree foam cleanser does, what the Avanova hypochlorous acid spray does. Well, my staff member, she's doing great. She's in the optical and she's talking to her, picks out the glasses. And then she looks at the sheet that we give him, the handout I gave him. And she goes, uh, Dr. Lily showed you that, right? Do you want to buy anything? No. All right. And moved on. And I was, oh, I don't swear on this podcast. I don't swear. But I was big, big four-letter word, irate, out of my mind. Are you kidding me? That's the effort that you're going to give? That's what we're going to do? I was pissed. Still am pissed. I'm still angry about it. I stewed on it all night. And I'm like, I could make a whole meeting about this or I could address it right away. I'm, me? Address it right away. So I, I walked in our morning huddle. First thing I talked about, I talked about what I told you guys earlier in this podcast. What's my superpower? I think one of our core values, we have care, quality, timeliness, expertise. I go, I'm adding a fifth one. Five pillars of Family Vision Optical Rejuvenation Dry Eye Center consistency, right? We, I, I wanted to say we do the boring work, but that boring and whatnot is not a great feel for a, a staff culture. Consistency. We show up and we do the work. And I said, you don't have to do great work. If you do consistent work every day, that will be appreciated. The patients will love it. They hate it when there's a high or low. They don't know what to expect. People hate change. They want consistency and what they get. Even if it's not the absolute best, 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 if it's consistently good, that does something. Now, again, that's a different thing that we'll talk about. How can you have wows in there? We want to be great at certain things. But to show up every day and be consistently good is something. That's all I want for my staff. And that, we'll talk about this as I close my closing thought. I talked about that. I go, and then with you guys, you have to answer the phone. You have to check in the you know frames. You have to make do the workups. You have to consistently explain dry eye in this, right? And they're like, yeah. I go, well, we had a we had a staff member yesterday that did this. And I go, they said, hey, he talked to me about that, right? Do you want to buy anything? And their eyes just big. I'm like, how many of you think that's what we do? That's our culture. 
Not a single one raised their hand. I'm like, great. All of you know what's wrong. Now, how many of you see that happen and say something? Not a single one. I, I knew that would be the response. I go, not a single one of you. Right? Remember how we talked about trust and then fear of conflict? This is our core. This is what we stand for. This is what we do. We talk about every single day. And you heard that and you wouldn't say, hey, that's kind of not what we do. We, we need to explain that better. I go, that's where we take trust and we make it part of what we do. I looked at my manager and said, you guys are having trouble doing this. That's where I say we can't have a fear of conflict because we trust each other. If we're going to be a team that succeeds and does what we need to do, there cannot be a fear of conflict of addressing that when someone's dropping the ball. Am I going to get a result of it? I don't know, but I'm still pissed and I'm not going to let that go. Right? You guys want to be a great office with a great environment and stuff. But you know what? We need patience to do that. Patients drive everything we do. We need to give them the experience they need. You need to make your standard that much higher so everyone succeeds. A rising tide raises all ships. All of us are better if we all do better work. We'll see if they're accountable, but that's kind of what's on my head, and I'm still stinking angry. How would you guys have handled that? What would you have done if you saw that happen? I'll tell you this, though. I did. I pulled that. I pulled that. Staff member side, because I don't, I'm not afraid of conflict. Sucks because I'm the I'm the boss. So of course, you know, if someone's gonna call me out, that takes a little bit of different, right? So I'm in a different position. But I need the peers, the contemporaries, to hold each other accountable, hold each other to that standard that we set. I'm gonna start saying that when we start off today. Hold each other to the standards that we believe in. Period, flat, full stop. Right? Easy for me to say, easy for me to have it, but I pulled her aside. I was like, and I didn't get mad. I was just like, hey, you know, that's what you said. We didn't train you to do that. At no point is that acceptable. She like understood. And when I talked about it, I didn't call anyone out. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, but this is illustrating the point of what I want, and you guys have to see it. So that's what I have for you. We'll have more next week. Where, oh where has the time gone? We are to the closing thought of the episode, and this is one that I want you to chew on. When we look at our staff, when we look at the people that we are letting on the bus, believe it or not, you do not want a bus full of all A players. All A players are going to get bored. They're going to want to grow. They're just not going to be satisfied. They're going to move on. You do not want a bus of all C players. C players make everyone else's life awful. They don't do good work. They, you know, drag everyone down. It makes the A players want to leave. Makes the B players want to leave. What you honestly want is a handful of A players. The bigger the office, the more A players you need. They're tending to be in leadership and management roles. And then you want a team of B players. A C player is going to say, this broke. We need to get someone to fix it. A B player is going to say, this broke, do you want me to fix it? An A player says, this broke, I fix it, and now I have a process in place, so if this happens again, it's already taken care of, right? A few A players load up on those B players. I know everyone wants the home run, the Swiss Army knife, the person that can do everything, but if you have too many of those, your culture is going to suck. 
Now, I want some case examples. If you think I'm wrong, prove me wrong, and I more power to you. But in this hiring, you know, environment that we're in, honestly, I think you should be pretty excited that I'm advising you to get B players. Because honestly, the C's and the D's are the people that are applying. If you get an A player, hold on to them for dear life. They're worth every penny. But try to build that team with B players. The example I used of, you know, fixing the problem is the best way I can describe it. A bunch of people that says, hey, this is broken. Do you want me to fix it? A few people that will already fix the problem and set the process in cycle. If they're asking you, do you want me or you need someone else to fix it? Yeah, I do. And it's not you. Deuces. We'll get someone else on here that can at least ask the question and try to fix it themselves. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.